Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Welcome back to my podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about dealing with disappointments. So one of the cornerstones of our lives should be our knowledge, our understanding, our deep belief in the goodness of God. And during times of disappointment, one of the ways that we immunize ourselves against falling into deeper disappointment and despair is just by being utterly confident in God's goodness, that he is good all the time, that he is good no matter what, no matter what our disappointment is, he can be trusted to bring good. And so that means I must not allow a circumstance that I don't understand to dislodge me from my faith, to dislocate me somehow and disengage me from functioning well and continuing to mature because disappointment has come. Disappointment will creep in. It'll enter our storehouse of hope and begin to steal and pillage it. It will worm its way in and try to take up residence in some corner of our heart and cause diminishing trust and resentment of the Lord. Um, sometimes, somehow, some way, we think, um, you know, there should be an easier way to life and that life should be more fair, less difficult sometimes, less disappointing. And then we can get into disillusionment because we actually end up sometimes subtly trying to make Jesus be the servant of our dreams rather than serving his kingdom in surrender and trust. But his ways are not always our ways. And so we can get offended sometimes by disappointment. And it's really going to stymie our growth if we, if we let that happen. We're simply going to encounter disappointments. And you know what? It's going to be painful. So just imagine for a minute your life as a blank sheet. And then you write on it all of your dreams and hopes and, you know, what things are going to look like, your loves, your accomplishments, um, your expectations, past, present, and future. And then someone comes along with a big black marker and puts a, just puts a line through that page. And that's what disappointment can feel like. Who entered this and slashed through what my plans and dreams were? But the real question is, what are we going to do with disappointments? How are we going to deal with them? And way too often, we end up putting God on trial and hold him hostage because we've judged him. We've judged our circumstances, our disappointments from our immature and very limited experience as if, you know, we're the center of the universe, but we don't have enough wisdom to judge that. What we, what we can do is make a choice to yield and surrender. So in Isaiah 61, there is a beautiful prophecy about Jesus, and I'm going to read the first seven verses. You'll be familiar with this probably. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That, mean, that includes those broken in disappointment. To proclaim freedom for captives and the release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, 
and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And then they'll be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his glory, his splendor. They'll rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They'll renew ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and your vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You'll be named ministers of our God. You'll feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you'll receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you'll rejoice in your inheritance. And so you'll inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. So this is the prophecy about Jesus that he is going to bring good news to the afflicted. And when we are disappointed and, and um, crushed sometimes by dreams that don't come true or, or that got waylaid somehow, our souls are really afflicted and we need his comfort. And then he said he would bring liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. Our disappointed expectations can hold us sometimes in such captivity. So, you know, what were you expecting that didn't uh, happen? And what were you not expecting that did happen? We all have expectations about life and love and God. And um, so what have you appointed that got disappointed, that seemed to have gotten taken away from you? We're going to have to be willing to deal with that if we're going to continue in maturity. But we have these beautiful promises in Isaiah 61, this, this prophecy that Jesus will come and heal and bind us up and loose the good, even a double portion. So he says, if we'll let go, what we're going to receive is gladness, joy, comfort, release from shame. In other words, reju rejuvenation from the Holy Spirit, real life. So an example of someone deeply disappointed more, more than once was the prophet Jeremiah. And he asked the Lord in Jeremiah 15, 18, he says, why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable? He was so disappointed. And God did answer him, but he didn't come along and explain all the disappointment. He didn't say, I know what you expected. Let me help you understand. Um, he just gave the answer to Jeremiah, the answer that will heal us. And he said, Jeremiah, if you will extract the precious from the worthless, then you'll become thy spokesman. See, the choice is ours. If you, if you will come, if you will stick with it, if you will extract what's precious here, in what seems worthless to you in this disappointment, if you'll choose it, because the precious is often hidden inside what seems worthless to us. It's a gift wrapped in something so unexpected, and so our expectations can refuse it. No, this can't be the Lord. This can't be good. But Isaiah 45, 3 says, I will give you treasures of darkness and hidden wealth of secret places in order that you may know that it is I, the Lord, who calls you by name. 
The treasure is hidden in the darkness. It's gift wrapped. But we have to experience the pain of the darkness, the painful disappointments to get at the treasure. You remember Mary and Martha? Oh, they were so disappointed. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And yet Jesus had something so much greater than that to show them. So we have to receive the package it's wrapped in in order to redeem the treasure. And we have to trust that God is at work on our behalf. Isaiah 64, 4 says, No eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of the one who waits for him. So we trust. We extract the precious. We wait to see how he's going to act and what he's going to do. And our maturity, our growth, an enduring, growing faith depends on how we're going to uh, respond to disappointment because it maturity is often carried, gift-wrapped in this package of disappointments, and they're meant for our good. So we need to let the pain do its work. And sometimes it's people who disappoint us. Sometimes it's circumstances. Sometimes we feel so disappointed in ourselves. Sometimes so disappointed in the Lord. So one time I, I was praying for a friend and I, as I was praying, I, I saw this image and she was standing and she was, had her hand against a door. She was kind of leaning on the door to keep it shut, making sure it was closed. And so I instinctively understood what the Lord was showing me. She was a disappointment was trying to get in, worm its way in and take over and create resentment in her heart and stop her growth. But she was leaning on the door and the name of that door was promises. She was leaning on the promises of the Lord with, with her faith and her choice to continue to lean. So she stayed in that room of promises and the bitterness of disappointment was kept at bay. Isn't that a beautiful picture? I just love that. So disappointment is one of those incredible but painful opportunities we're given on earth to say about the Lord and to the Lord, you really are God and I am so confident in your goodness. We say it to a waiting world. We say it in the face of God's enemy and it's a time like no other. It's a time to say, Lord, you're worthy. It's a time to say, Lord, you're good. It's a time to say, Lord, you're utterly faithful. And you know what? Your ways aren't my ways, but all your ways are right. You're altogether lovely. And there is no one wise but you. So I lay down my limited wisdom in favor of yours. And I believe you'll work things out. And, and it's, a, a, it's a time to kind of say, you know, this is so hard, but kind of, okay, so, so what? Because he's God, I keep facing forward and I keep trusting him and I keep watching and looking to see what he's going to do with that disappointment because it doesn't end there. The end hasn't been written. He is still writing my story and I'm going to collaborate with that. So some time ago, some years ago, I had a dream. And uh, when I woke up from the dream, I didn't remember the dream, but I remembered the last sentence I heard as I woke up, and it was this. All those times they waited for the king to come, and he didn't come. 
all those times they waited for the king to come and he didn't come. So I asked the Lord about this. Uh, what What is this, Lord? And he said, this is about past disappointment. Um, and people got disappointed. They were waiting on something. And so some are afraid to hope again. They're afraid he won't come. They're, they're afraid to be disappointed and they're hedging their bets against that. So they just, you know, won't hope in case they're disappointed. And others are actively anticipating non-fulfillment. It's this negative anticipation. I believe he won't come. So I'm not going to trust him. But as I prayed about it some more, I saw the king come. He will come and he does come. Just not in the ways we think sometimes. And I saw the king come and bring a crown of love to place on his. He wants us to anticipate that he will come. He wants us to believe, which means we've got to repent of our unbelief and, and deal with some of our stuff uh, that's hindering us. But when we persevere during disappointment, we'll receive that crown. In fact, James 1.12 says we will receive that crown. So a good assignment is uh, get your pen and paper and sit with the Lord and just say, where have I been disappointed that I'm still holding it? Maybe you don't even remember some of it. Maybe some of it seems so small, but even small things are important. And sometimes we just need to grieve some over things, right? That's part of the process too. And then writing those out, we surrender them to the Lord. And it's not that we understand them. And it's not that we like them. We just make a decision that greater than all of that is going to be our trust in the goodness of God, our confidence. You will come through. I will see your goodness in the land of the living. I know you were present during that disappointment. I know you will work to bring good. So I hope that challenges you to do some work with the Lord and to maybe look at disappointment a little different way. I hope you'll join me next time.